Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback, Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fant. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fant takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And zone caught. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exorcise the demons of another doomed season. I am exorcise the demons. This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. And, Zach, just you know, a few hours before we took this, this podcast live, of course, the tragic news and, and sudden and shocking news yep. that Kobe Bryant has uh, passed away, that he was killed in a helicopter crash just north of Los Angeles Sunday morning. And uh, I think everyone's still kind of coming to grips with that. I can still, I can see here in the comment stream that our great listeners are, are still, you know, it's going to take time for this to kind of sink in as shocking news like this typically does, but what a loss to, to the NBA, to the sports world. And, you know, he's a great, great player and a great guy on and off the court. Yeah, to the world in general, Chad. The, the football world is mourning it. The basketball world, just Twitter, everyone in general. It was a gut punch. I mean, everyone will remember where they were when they read the news that Kobe died. I was in Costco in the checkout line, and I saw my phone, and it was I didn't believe it at first. I, I thought it was a, a, a myth. I thought someone got hacked. I didn't uh, want to believe it. But 41 years old, athlete or not, millionaire or not, that's too young in life. That's too short of a life with his 13-year-old daughter on board, Chad. That's the most depressing thing to me that's what makes it truly uh heartbreaking it's just a disaster yeah. all around absolute tragedy it just makes you kind of realize how fred fragile and and how precious life is and how yeah no matter how successful we are as individuals or you know how big of celebrities we are when it's all said and done we all end up in the same spot we all end up you know it's all sure. we all share a fate and you know, in some sense, there's something comforting about that. But to me, what it what it means is, you know, you got to embrace each and every day and you have to, you know, appreciate what you got at all times and don't take Absolutely. things for granted. But, you know, this isn't a podcast that we tend to get too, too um, 
you know, bogged down over, over, um, deep issues, right? This is football. This is the Denver Broncos. This is your team, NFL draft, NFL free agency and all that. But we wanted, we, we would be remiss to not at least open the show, Zach, by acknowledging what happened today, talking a little bit about it and yes. expressing our own shock and grief over it. I mean, I, I wasn't a Lakers fan. I'm not a Lakers fan. Never was yeah. growing up, but of course, how can you not appreciate Kobe? I mean, even all of his biggest rivals and, and uh, foes in the NBA especially toward the end when he it was clear that he was on his way out his you know retirement was nearing he was massively respected across the board so what a loss it really was. I mean, I, I, he pretty much shaped my formative years in my childhood, Chad. I mean, like everybody else, when I was a kid shooting little paper balls into baskets, we all yelled Kobe when we shot it. He just had that transcendent impact on us. And uh, not only to him and his daughter, but everyone that lost their lives. I believe it was nine people who, who perished in the in the crash today. It was just a, a horrible tragedy. Well, and, I, uh, I originally read five, but the, that was the first report. Yeah, the sheriff confirmed. I believe it was nine. So they haven't released the names yet. You know, it's it's just it's awful. And my thoughts and prayers are with everyone affected by that, especially Kobe oh, yeah. Bryant's family. I'm reading it here on Sports Illustrated. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva told reporters that nine people were on board the aircraft, mm. the pilot plus eight passengers. So, and what just makes it that much worse is his poor daughter, his 13 year old Gianna, who went by Gigi, uh, was on was on the helicopter as well. So. Man, what tragedy. And, um, you know, in the spirit of that, like, look, we got some comments here. Like, well, you guys should take the day off because of what happened with Kobe. And, you know, like it, the NBA didn't take the day off. We even talked about that before we went live. We're like, you know, NBA didn't take the day off, so we're not going to take the day off. And the truth is it takes uh, it, it takes basically, you know, getting snowed in or, or being stuck in traffic or something for us to miss like literally being physically incapable of podcasting. That's what it takes for, for us to miss the show. And like, yeah, I mean, what it says here from uh, Robert. That's it, dude. That's, We're going to bring it to right. you consistently. Absolutely. And even on a sleepy, even if this thing didn't happen with Kobe today, you're, you're talking about a sleepy Sunday where not much news happened with the Denver Broncos, but we still have plenty that we wanted to talk about and, of course, get a chance to talk to you guys. So, Zach, any other thoughts on Kobe? And then we'll, we'll turn the page. Um, you know, I, I understand the sentiment. A lot of people want us to, to focus on Kobe today, but as hard as it is, we have to soldier on. The show must go on, Chad. We have some news we want to talk about today, some Broncos topics, and uh, anyone who wants to, you know, interact with us about the Broncos, we surely appreciate that. But, you know, it, it is a tragedy. We're not downplaying it. We're not glossing over it. We're acknowledging it, and it's just, what more could you say? I'm still in shock, personally. I still can't believe it. It feels like a myth. feels like a dream, but unfortunately it's not, and it's, it's totally, completely awful. Yeah, my kids, I was telling this to Zach, too, before we went live. My kids go, Dad, Kobe Bryant died today. I said, what? Yeah, in a helicopter crash. And I was, like, stunned. And I said, man, that's like Michael Jordan dying. Right. And they go, who? And I'm like, get out of here. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it's unbelievable. So, listen, guys, you know, we're, we're going to turn the page. We're going to talk some Denver Broncos. Before we do so, just a couple of quick matters of business, a couple of just quick reminders, if you will. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod, the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And if you want to support the show organic way, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a creative review. If you like what we're doing, leave us a five-star rating. It's a great way to support the show. Helps get the show out in front of new people. Helps to, to grow the show and expose the show to more listeners like yourself. And of course, as always, if you if you like what you're seeing here, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter, if you like what you're seeing, share this video. And then one last reminder too, Zach, we're uh, working to get more products up on the Huddle Up Podcast merch store. And uh, props to everyone, you guys have you guys hit that right out of the gates. Right now, there's only two products, but the new, you know, and more are going to be coming here in the coming days. But Zach got up a uh, a hoodie. There is a hoodie that's up on the merch store. So we'll. Uh, We'll hit you guys with the link. Now, you know, this is just also for future reference. There's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast on Apple, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and whatnot Monday morning. So if you guys want to check that out, go to huddle-up-pod.myshopify.com, and then we'll put it down here in the stream later on in the show. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, what I wanted to kind of open our conversation with here today uh, is the resume of Pat Shermer as a quarterback whisperer. All right, let me let me grab this article real quick. I thought it would be interesting because I don't know if you had a chance, and it's okay if you didn't, but the Building the Broncos guys over the last two weeks, they brought on a couple of different guys who uh, cover the Giants in different ways back east from the Big Apple to kind of try and get a beat on not just what type of coach Pat Shermer is, but specifically his scheme and what he, you know, what his core philosophies are so that we can then take that and try and, you know, fit it over imprint over the Broncos roster and kind of help us get projections maybe a little bit closer anyway to what we're, we can expect from this team with Shermer as, as the OC moving forward. And I thought, you know, one of the takeaways from listening to these guys is that pretty much everywhere Shermer has gone – from the time he became a quarterback's coach on, which was in 2002, pretty much every quarterback with zero exceptions that I can think of, we'll go through it, has thrived and shined under Pat Shermer. And one of the biggest themes <clears throat> when I went back and, and really studied his resume and the quarterbacks he worked with at each NFL stop, Zach, is that in, in multiple stops, the quarterback he worked with posted their career high season statistically under Shermer's direction. And so I want to start this off and dial in it all the way back. Zach, and by the way, you guys, you can check out this written article at milehighhuddle.com. It's, it's uh, the number one story right now. But it starts with Donovan McNabb all the way back, Zach, in 2002. <clears throat> and the notable accolades for McNabb working with Shermer, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat, was he went to three Pro Bowls working with Pat Shermer. Now, he, I think he went to six total throughout his career, but three of those were with Shermer. And his best season, of course, came in 2004 when the Eagles finally got over the hump in the NFC Championship game and went to the Super Bowl. They ultimately lost to the Patriots. <clears throat> but that year, McNabb posted 3,875 yards passing, 31 touchdowns to just eight interceptions. What do you remember about the Donovan McNabb era in Philadelphia? I remember their Super Bowl run with Terrell Owens, and they had a fantastic 20, 2004, I believe, season. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize in the moment that Shermer was the, the man behind, you know, who shaped McNabb and helped him become the quarterback that he was. But I look back on those years with McNabb at quarterback fondly. I believe he was a little underrated, actually, you know, compared to other quarterbacks of his generation. He wasn't the best, but he was definitely up there in the upper echelon. And uh, it's nice to know that you can trace Shermer's resume all the way back to the McNabb era, which now, Chad, you know, 15 years later, it seems like ancient history. So it's definitely encouraging. All right, let me just touch on this. We got a lot of questions, and I can tell that there's, despite today's news, there's a lot on your guys' mind. We got a super chat coming in. So I'm going to kind of I'm gonna kind of uh, boil this down really quick, and I want to touch on the, the quarterbacks who had career-high seasons working with Pat Shermer. We already touched on one. That was Donovan McNabb. Sam Bradford, his two best seasons, mm. his rookie year, he won NFL rookie, Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh, 3,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Uh, then later on, uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle in 2015 with Shermer as the OC, 3,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And then his career-high best season 
came in 2016 and and Shermer was the OC in Minnesota at this point for only about half that year because North Turner started the 2016 season off for the Vikings as the offensive coordinator surprisingly stepped down midstream Shermer took over and Bradford posted career highs in completion percentage over 70% passing yards over 3,800 and touchdowns 20 touchdowns then we keep going Colt McCoy career high in uh, 2011 under Shermer Brandon Whedon in Cleveland, mm, there's career a name. high. As a rookie, it was his rookie season in 2012 under Shermer. Career high, he never topped what he did as a rookie under under Shermer. Case Keenum, 2017. Now you, there, you can nitpick this, but from an overall, you know, not just the team success, but his individual stats and efficiency, career high completion percentage, over 3,500 yards passing and 22 touchdowns to just seven picks. And you got to keep in mind, he started 14 games. So those numbers probably would have been slightly a little bit more had he not, uh, had he started all 16 games. And then lastly, you know, this isn't exactly a career high, although Eli Manning in 2018, which was Shermer's first year in New York, he did post a career high in completion percentage. 66% of his passes, Manning completed them in 2018. 4,300 yards passing, 21 touchdowns. And then, honestly, this is the last one here, Zach, is what gets me the most excited is the work he did with Daniel Jones last year. And, of course, we've talked a lot about this ever since the Shermer hire. We've connected the dots and talked about how, you know, the decision-making came down to Locke and Jones, and they ended up going with Jones. But if you look at what Jones achieved in just 12 starts. That's what blows my mind. All right, this kid went over 35 or over 3000 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, and he only started 12 games. Now let me put a few things in perspective. Up until 2018, Zach the the rookie touchdown passing record was held by Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson at 26. Then Baker Mayfield broke that by one in 2018, so he holds the all-time single season passing touchdown record for a rookie. But it was all, you know, they're, they're starting all, I guess in Baker's case, he didn't start all the games. So that's even more impressive for Baker as a rookie. But in Jones, if he would have started all games, 24 touchdowns in 12, I think he would have broke that 27 record. But even still, so many of his accomplishments as a rookie in 2019, Daniel Jones, he was breaking records left and right. So what this tells me, though, Zach, the takeaway here is that we're, we can expect good things to happen for Drew Luck. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that team success is going to come with it. But I am super excited about what this means for Locke. Yeah, you know, he did do good work with Daniel Jones. I think the jury's still out on him, obviously, as a prospect. I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones fan. I think a lot of his stats last year were in garbage time situations. But to me, the crowning achievement of Pat Shermer as a coach was Case Keenum, like you mentioned, turning a journeyman into a quarterback who came within one game of the Super Bowl. He was really efficient that year, Keenum and the Vikings. He had a lot of talent around him, but the play calling fit his strengths. The same thing we complained about with Keenum at quarterback for the Broncos, Shermer did the opposite of with the Vikings. Like you said, Chad, just having him in the building, it's going to be a boon for Drew Locke, the same quarterback who went 4-1 and one to close out the year with a coaching staff that we come to know now wasn't really equipped for his kind of you know quarterbacking play, not really equipped for the, what the culture the Broncos are instilling here. Having him in the building, having a guy like Mike Shula as his number two, his trusty right-hand man, it can only spell good things for a raw quarterback like Locke. But I think, to me, he's a little more advanced than Daniel Jones. I think, to me, he has a higher ceiling for sure, but also a higher floor. So I don't think there's anywhere to go for Drew Locke but up, and I think he can go really upward you know, into that upper echelons here, maybe even the year of Drew Locke, Chad, in 2020 with Shermer at the controls. I don't disagree. And in fact, if you go back and read this article that we published today at milehighhuddle.com, you'll see that most of, with the exception of Donovan McNabb, almost every quarterback that, and Case Keenum, I guess, but almost every quarterback Shermer worked with who also ended up having career highs, and it's been almost every quarterback he's worked with as a starter. Most of those guys were either rookie or second-year players. So the guy has the ability to not so much dumb things down or simplify per se, but to reach a young player on their level and figure out what they do best and then scheme and coach around that in order to maximize their skill set. So it all adds up to good things for Drew Locke. You know, he probably was really stunned when word came in two weeks after the season ended that Rich Gangarello was fired. Only a couple days later, that was followed by T.C. McCartney. His two coaching tethers to his rookie season suddenly just cut like that. And he's probably still kind of going, man, I don't know what to think. But the second he steps into a meeting room 
or onto the football field, the practice field with either one of Shermer and Mike Shula. We'll talk about Shula here in a few minutes. It won't take him long to realize that the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio, kudos to him for having the intestinal fortitude to, to pull that trigger, but they upgraded his coaching resources, no doubt about it. They did. And for someone like Drew Locke, a natural gunslinger, not a game manager type like Hayes Keenum or an Alex Smith, Drew Locke is a gunslinger. He's the type to put up a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, but also a lot of interceptions. So to have a coach calling plays for him that can dumb it down, like you say, keep it simple, stupid. That's I think it's a great, effective uh, teaching tool. Dumb things down necessarily, make the play calling easier, make it flow better, but most importantly, situationally. It's That was Scangarillo's downfall that we talked about all throughout the season. Third quarter, fourth quarter, second half, third down, fourth down, second down, no matter what, his situational play calling left a lot to be desired. If Shermer can upgrade that department and also call plays that benefit Drew Locke's arm, you're going to see a very efficient and very explosive Broncos offense in 2020. I agree, and I'm excited about it. You know, I can't wait to see these guys hit the field together. And, of course, we're still many months away from even OTAs. But, but yeah, I mean, Shermer, at this stage, you can't feel anything but, I think, bullish for that move. It was, it was a great move and, you know, tough decision for Fangio to make, obviously, <clears throat> especially because it meant him kind of going back on his word publicly that no changes were expected to his coaching staff. But nevertheless, he did what he felt like was best for Drew Locke, and he did what he felt like is best for the Broncos, and I think he was right. I think his intuition and his instinct to make that change was was the right one. Now, Edward Keating jumps in. $10 donation you, on Super Chat. We thank you, Edward. Appreciate that a ton. <clears throat> He says, I heard Peyton Manning is going to talk and spend time with Locke this offseason. Is that true? Yes, Edward. In fact, his last press conference at the end of, uh, you know, following the Raiders game, the season finale, Drew Locke talked about how his plan was to, and he'd already begun the process to get with Elway, former NFL quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, and also Peyton Manning to kind of pick their brain on the best way to attack the offseason you know he here he is going into his first real full offseason as a nfl player and uh who better to talk to than one hall of famer and one future hall of famer and in fact adding some uh some newer information to this particular topic on i think it was friday zach peyton manning appeared on 104.3 the fans morning show and he actually broke a little news as it related to drew lock let me read this what he told uh, brandon stokely and zach by on 104.3 the fan on friday he said quote Drew and I have talked. He was kind of asking for my thoughts on the offseason, kind of how I went about my offseason training and when do you start throwing and weightlifting and all that. And so I sort of put my thoughts together. We were kind of set to talk this week, but he had his wisdom teeth taken out. Mm. So it kind of delayed that. So I don't know if that's breaking news that he had his wisdom teeth taken out. It was. But there you have it. Don't say I didn't give you any scoops. I think hopefully by today he'll be recovered again. This was Friday. And we can have that conversation, close quote. And then one other thing he said about Locke on that conversation, is talking about his willingness to help Locke, he said, quote, yeah, like I said, knowing Drew from our football camp, talking about the Manning Passing Academy uh, that you referenced earlier, there's always kind of been a fraternity there of keeping up with those quarterbacks, whether they go play for other teams or if they go into business, there's sort of a fraternity there. So I've enjoyed keeping up with Drew since he's been here and tried to be there as a resource. Certainly he's got great coaches and people in his ear over there at the Broncos, but I try to be there like I would for any quarterback that has a question. If I can help Drew, I'm certainly happy to try. Close quote. Zach. What's encouraging to me, Chad, it's not surprising that they, they have spoken or are going to work together. It's encouraging to me that Locke made the effort. Locke initiated the contact between him and Peyton Manning. Locke is picking Manning's brain. It wasn't Manning going out and texting and being, hey, listen, hit me up if you want. Let me know if you want any uh, tools. Let me know if you want to meet up. Locke took the initiative, and that's what I mean that separates a good quarterback from a great quarterback. And I still hold firm that Locke is going to do best and learn best by being on the field, starting a full season, and just getting that experience. But obviously working with Peyton Manning cannot hurt his development. If he can share any sort of knowledge, if he can impart even 1% wisdom in that big brain of Peyton Manning's, it's going to help Locke become a better quarterback. And there's nothing not to like about this. But I liked, I'm encouraged by the fact that Locke reached out to Manning, not the other way around. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, and so long as Locke has the, you know, the wherewithal, the assertiveness to ask the questions, Peyton's going to make himself available to him. So I think that's a relationship that can continue to grow and bud, you know, over the coming months and years, in fact. Now, A. Morrow jumps in. He wants to know, where are we with the Shula deal? Haven't heard much. Oh, and the Building the Broncos show was fantastic. I concur, A. Morrow, and, and we appreciate the, the, uh, Love there. Listen, here's what's up with Shula. They brought him in for the interview. Vic Fangio sold, ready to go. Problem is, he is still getting paid by the New York Giants because he was under contract for 2020, along with so was Pat Shermer. And they're working out the details of that contract, offset language. It's just, you know, it's dotting the I's, crossing the T's, if you will. And it's only a matter of time. Like, it wouldn't surprise me, Zach, if first of the week, so either Monday or Tuesday, I know we've said this now for a week or so, but this was before even we knew that Shula was going to be in Denver physically. Well, he's he was there this past week. Things are a go. It's just a matter of ironing out the contractual details, and, and it's only a short matter of time. Yeah, because he was um, let go by the Giants because he was fired, there's still the Broncos have to worry about that aspect as well. If he was a free agent, if he wasn't tied to any team, they would have hired him by now. It would have been a done deal. But like we've been saying the last week, it's a formality. It's just the the technical details they're working out. And I agree with Chad. I would expect an announcement, some sort of confirmation early this week making it official. Shula will be the next quarterback coach. Jordan jumps in with a $5 donation on Super Thank Chat. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate you, bro. Wardy wants to know, is 2020 a make-it-or-break-it uh, season for Royce Freeman? You know, I think he already kind of had his make-or-break season. I think this past season was make-or-break because however he performed, let's just put it this way, the way in which he performed, the Broncos are now looking. They're looking for another option right. to complement Philip Lindsay. And so, you know, I, he's going to be around. He'll probably be around to play out the entirety of his rookie deal, but the Broncos are definitely, and they have to with this Shermer offense. Those of you that did listen to the BTB uh, building the Broncos football pod these last two weeks, you know, they need to get a three down running back that can catch passes and, and block as well. Philip Lindsay's working toward that goal and it's not going to by any means ice out or cut out Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's still going to be the tip of the spear you know, from the running back position, but they're looking to find a, you know, a, a three down back that can catch the ball and run routes. And that's, you know, Freeman can do some of that a little bit. Like he's, he's a surprisingly this last season, especially he proved he's pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield, but they want something where that's a little bit more from a route running perspective and a, and a fluidity perspective and not just outlet passes, but, you know, running field, uh, running routes vertically, someone with a little bit more speed and, and uh, juice to their game. So Freeman's going to have a role, but his days, Zach, of being the incumbent at least 1B, you know, you got Philip yeah. Lindsay 1A, he's 1B. I think those days are behind him, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm with you completely on that. I think 2019, the Broncos realized that Freeman is never going to be the workhorse. He's never going to be the starter. He's never going to even be the 1A. He is the strict number two. And um, it's a make or break in 2020 to keep his roster spot going forward. He'll be on the team this year, but they're going to overhaul the running back room. I think Devontae Booker is a goner. Theo Riddick's a goner. Like Chad mentioned, they need a three-down pass catching back. So if they draft one, that guy will be the new backup to uh, Philip Lindsay. Then you have Royce Freeman wanting 
on the third spot of the depth chart. So he's going to make or break for his roster status going forward. But I think 2019, he showed the Broncos, disappointingly, he is not the player they thought they were drafting a couple years ago. All right, let's grab this one here. An interesting comment from Gerald on Facebook. He says, it's just going to be more comfortable to watch a game and have confidence in the person calling plays. I assume, Gerald, you're, you're talking about uh, Pat Shermer, and that's absolutely the case. Like, And that's one thing that Vic Fangio talked about in his statement after the Broncos did make the hire to Shermer is that you know, basically he's not worried about he – can, he can pass off the responsibility of basically, hey, look, Shermer, you're the head coach of the offense. Like, Now let me go do my thing, and he doesn't have to worry about it. You know, it's comforting until the Broncos have a bad sequence of events or Shermer, the, the Broncos lose their first game you know, under Shermer as an offensive coordinator, and the same fans that are praising him began to turn on him, just like they did Scangarello last year. So until we see him on the field, we can only say on paper he's an upgrade. I think, to me, he still has much to prove until I'm ready to say he's a slam-dunk hire, he's the Broncos coordinator the next 10 years with Drew Locke and being the one that's going to shape the Locke's progression the next you know decade or so, but... It's an upgrade over Scangarello. The Broncos feel that way. They made the move. I give them credit for making that bold move, but it is comforting, at least knowing, Chad, we have someone experienced under the headset, not a rookie. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing I can guarantee, and that's the one thing I, I should say I have zero doubt about, and that is he is an upgrade, Shermer, over Scangarello. The biggest thing when I'm reser- I was researching his resume that troubled me is the fact that he would get these great individual seasons out of his quarterbacks, but it's the team's hardly ever had success hmm. with the exception, you know, of way back in Philadelphia under McNabb, those teams had success with the exception of 2017 in, in Minnesota. Otherwise, especially as a head coach, man, his quarterbacks, he still found a way to mine that talent and production out of them and, and have career highs in multiple areas, but the team never won. So you got to work. You got to wonder about that. Cause in most cases, as the quarterback goes, Zach, so goes the team, you right. know, probably, Seven times out of ten, so that's something that hopefully the Broncos can you know get a get a finger on and figure out what's going on there. Uh, Quinton jumps in. How confident are you that Locke is the guy? Knowing Denver has never drafted a franchise quarterback, Elway was traded for. Manning was a free agent. Plummer was a free agent. Tebow doesn't count. I would uh, I would disagree with you. Just to pick a nit, Quinton. I don't want to derail this conversation, but. Jay Cutler, to me, he was Broncos drafted first round pick in 2006. As of 2008, once once Mike Shanahan was fired, he had him on the path of being the guy and a franchise caliber guy. He, he was a first round drafted quarterback in Denver who made a Pro Bowl. And then Josh McDaniels happened. Who knows what could have happened to the career trajectory of Jay Cutler if he is not traded out of Denver and had that whole weird series of events happen. But either way, to the question, though, at hand, Zach, how confident are you? that Locke is the guy. I'm confident for this year, Chad, by far and away, he's the Broncos, the, the understood quarterback for 2020. I still want to see, though, I'm not ready to declare him, you know, the franchise guy the next second. I'm not ready to put him in Canton just yet. I'm very high on Drew Locke. I think he'll have a great career. I just want to see it play out a little more and how he does under center as the unquestioned starter for a full 16-game season. But I don't want any Broncos fans to get discouraged on Locke because of the Broncos' history. You have to treat them as independent cases. Just because the Broncos whiffed on Paxton Lynch and other quarterbacks in their in their history doesn't mean that Locke is going to be a bust as well. He is the most promising prospect I can recall in quite a while. He is the most talented prospect, and I think he showed that last year already by going 4-1. and one. So by far and away, he is the guy for 2020. I just want to see what he can do when he's actually on the field in a Shermer offense. Then I'll be ready to say, no doubt about it, the franchise guy, let's put him in the ring of fame. I'm ready to go. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I'm probably a little bit further down the road on Locke than you are. I I mean, I think he's got what it takes. I think he's going to be a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be the guy in Denver for the next five to ten years minimum. Okay, I think he's he's that guy, and I've been saying that for you guys since before even the draft last year that – He's a fran- He's got franchise caliber tools. I the only things that I wasn't clear about or I wasn't sure about early on, even before he was drafted, and then shortly after he was drafted, is how quickly he could iron out some of the bumps in his in his technique from footwork, learning to go, you know play from under center, calling plays, like just making the jump from college to the pros. And again, the biggest thing that stunned me the most and why I'm so confident about Drew Lock now is how quickly he hit the ground running. After a 10-week exile on injured reserve, he hits the ground running and just boom. I mean, that that performance in week 14 at Houston was a virtuoso performance. 
in his second start all time and his first road start. So it just, and then, you know, the way the season the, down the stretch, the way it all unfolded, he just showed me that he is, he's, he's a lot further down the curve than I anticipated he would be, even if he would have been named the starter to open the year. Like he's just, this is a guy that's attacking his opportunity. He's making the most of his opportunity. And I'm just psyched that the Broncos are trying to get him the right coaches to, to try and maximize that. And Ryan here says, I have a feeling that Shermer is going to have Drew Locke causing a lot of DBs to go, whoa, this guy's out to get us. <laughs> LOL. I, I wouldn't, I would not disagree. Uh, Terry jumps in $5 donation. Thank on you, Terry. Super chat. One of our superstars says, what's up, my superstars. Do you think Jadeveon Clowney would fit in Don Fangio's scheme and can we afford him? Would he fit? Yeah, I think you could fit him in. You could either, well, you'd probably play him as, of course you'd play him as an edge and every once in a while, like he did in Houston, you could kick him inside and, and rush him from the D line. But can we afford him? It's not just a matter of, can you afford him? You're already, you know, whatever it is. It's, I think it's 17 million that Von Miller's on the cap for or his salary in 2020. Plus, you've got the top five salary going to Bradley Chubb at the position. Can you afford him? You probably could find a way, but how would he get on the field? And who's going to take a seat if, if you're following me sure. here, Terry? He's a listen. He's a classic case, Jadeveon Clowney, of being a good but not great player. He's a guy who has injury histories. He's a guy who's on his second team now. I would not spend money on him for if I was the Broncos. He you cannot guarantee he's going to play a full sixteen game season. And the Broncos want a defensive lineman like that. They can just resign Derek Wolf. So they're not going to sign Jadeveon Clowney. Good player. Not coming to Denver, though. They have other fish to fry. I'd rather the Broncos draft a guy in the first round, save some money, and have a higher trajectory of upside for the next however many years. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Martin jumps in with the question that we have addressed. We appreciate that question, and he's listening on uh, Periscope on Twitter, watching, listening, whatever. Uh, Buck and Bronco, 58, what do you guys think of Elway's interview with Atwater on Broncos TV regarding Shermer? I mean, you know, I think it was he, – he talked about basically that the the, the rubber has, has hit the road and they need to get production out of the offense. For too many years, basically, Zach, what he's saying is that, you know, we've really struggled on that side of the ball, and it was time to get – you know, with such a important young player's development at stake and Drew Locke and the opportunity to hire a Pat Shermer, you know, that's where that's where, you know, the Vic Fangio ultimately decided to take action. So, you know, it was a, it was interesting, but Elway very rarely lets things slip. You would think maybe talking to a former teammate and close friend and Steve Outwater, maybe something would come out. But it was it was all pretty much, you know, uh, team speak, if you will. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that, Chad. I just want to amend, I want to take this chance if I can, to amend a previous statement about Drew Locke. I have all the faith in him as a prospect. The only concern why I want to see things play out is what are the Broncos going to do, Chad, and everyone else listening, to supplement Locke as the franchise guy? Can they protect him for a full 16-game season? Will they get him the wide receiver, too, he desperately needs? Are they going to build the weaponry around him? Then, that's the only thing I have concern with. I trust Locke as a player to blossom into a great quarterback. I don't necessarily trust the Broncos right now to give him everything he needs to succeed once once if they do i'm ready to say he's the guy the next 10 years but until they do i think you have to question what the broncos motive is and what they're going to do with him going forward yeah and even if you're not as skeptical on those issues as zach might be you at least have to acknowledge that as great as it is to get a pat Shermer and you know eventually here soon mike shula in there to coach drew lock what the Broncos do in free agency this year and what they do in the draft is going to have a massive impact. I mean, look at how these last two draft classes have influenced each season so far, these last two years. And that's just going to have a massive impact What on Drew Locke's second year. So there's just still a lot of dominoes that need to fall before we can probably get way too far out over our skis. But, you know, both of us, we, we love what we saw from Drew Locke so far. Yeah. Um Jeremy says, do you think the Broncos will move on from Jake Butt because he can't stay healthy? Zach, my take on this real quick is he's going to get exactly one more training camp. If he stays healthy, he's going to be on the roster. If he's not healthy, then you know they're going to finally cut bait with him. But even if he does make the roster in a Shermer offense that has room for pretty much one starting tight end in Noah Fant, how much can he offer and how much physically can he bring to the cha- table, Chad? Three ACL injuries later, what does he have left to give the Broncos? Can he stay healthy? That's question number one. But question number two for me is what is he going to produce? Can he run the same routes? Does he have the same speed, the same game-breaking ability like we saw at Michigan? I don't know, and I question that and doubt that. And until he proves me wrong, I think a lot of Broncos fans feel the same. He's a cherry on top. He's a, anything you get out of him as a bonus. I'm just not holding my breath on Jake, Butt. we got time for just a few bit, a few more questions, guys. Then we got to get out of here. Josh jumps in with a $5 donation you, on super chat. We appreciate you, Josh. I think if the Broncos could do it again, they would have waited a few days to hire Joe Brady from LSU. What yeah. do you think? Zach? They wanted a guy with experience, Chad. Why would they hire a guy who is coming out of college? They wanted someone who has a noted background working with NFL quarterbacks, and that's Pat Shermer. That's why they fired Scangarello in the first place. They're not going to replace him with an equally inexperienced coach. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that Scangarello had in spades was plenty of experience coaching in college. I mean, it's not exactly apples to apples to compare his college coaching career to that of Joe Brady and what he accomplished at LSU last year, but... Zach's point is still a salient one in that, you know, they were looking for NFL veteran coaching experience. And uh, so, you know, it would be interesting to, to think what could be, what could have happened. And he did do a lot of great things there uh, with Joe Burrow, but I'd like to see him do it one more time before we, right. you know, go crazy over, over Brady. All right. Evan jumps in $5 donation on super you, chat over on YouTube. He says, love the show. I seen that due to the offensive side being so deep, that we should prioritize defense early in the draft thoughts. So meaning the class itself, being deep on offense, that means you need to go with the top-heavy aspect of the defensive side early in the draft. And to be honest with you, Zach, especially coming after our last year where their first three picks were offense, it would not surprise me to see the Broncos' first pick or two be a defensive player. It wouldn't surprise me, Chad, but I don't want to have any preconceived notions the Broncos are going to go in with a set mindset of we're going to take a defensive player in round one. I, the board has to break a certain way. If Ruggs is on there and they want him, they're going to draft Ruggs. If, if Worfs falls to the Broncos, they're going to draft him. But if it's someone like Ken Law, someone like Christian Fulton, they can go in the defensive uh, oriented mindset as well. It all comes down to how the board breaks down. Elway is known to stick to his guns and go for BPA. I think that's what it's going to come down to again this year. Who that is, though, obviously we don't know just yet. Stewart jumps in with a $10 donation on Super Chat, you, our Stuart. biggest superstar. The best. Appreciate you, Stu. He says, are, is there any word on who's going to take over the Broncos' finances for the cap? Now, of course, this is in regards to Mike Sullivan, the news break in last week, or I think it was last week. Anyway, um, that the Broncos are not going to renew his contract and his contract expires. And so the feeling being that they're not renewing it because they have an uh, their eye on someone already to replace him, someone perhaps they like more or perhaps presents a better value from a cost and age perspective because that's one of the troubles for people of 
Mike Sullivan's age, and a lot of you listening might be able to relate to this if you've experienced it, is that at a certain point, the old guys get expensive. And so they try and find someone commensurate, you know, with show some promise, some upside, some, you know, a little bit of experience who's a lot younger, who will take a cheaper salary. Wouldn't surprise me if that was one of the motivating factors behind Mike Sullivan uh, not getting renewed there. But let's see what else we got here, Zach. No news on that, by the way. We don't, we, we don't have anything new on that, Stu, other than we know that, you know, the general feeling is once that contract expires, he's going to, they're going to have someone. Uh, all right. Mark jumps in $5 donation Thank on you, super Mark. chat. So consistent, Mark. We appreciate you. Chad went gangsta about the shade on drew lock way to go, dude. <laughs> Zach Perna is boss. All right, guys, we appreciate you. Let's grab, let's grab one or two more and then we'll do them rapid fire here. Mel Kuyper's first mock draft of the of the offseason has the Broncos taking Henry Ruggs, the wideout from Alabama. Do you like that pick? And is there another wide receiver that's a good fit if they don't go Ruggs? Zach, there are a lot of different wideouts in yeah. this class that would be a good fit. I mean, just the first and second round caliber guys, Jerry Judy, his uh, teammate there at Alabama. By the way, we did like I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be bummed if Ruggs is the pick at 15. But it would depend on who was on the board. Who else? Who did they pass on? Right. Uh, Jalen Rager from TCU. There are a lot of different options, and even that Denzel Mims, who showed out during Senior Bowl week from Baylor, I believe. Uh, there's, there's this class is. I mean, well, it's, it might sound like hyperbole, but guys like Eric Trickle, who are studying almost every person in every draft class, dating back to like 2013, personally scouting these guys. He's saying this is the best wide receiver draft class of all time, or at least it has the potential to be. So I mean, yeah. That, then you then you have Chanel. I'm just saying, then you have yeah. C.D. Lamb in there. There's so many different prospects the Broncos can take. So I didn't mean to interrupt, interrupt you, Chad. No. I'm just saying, if, if Ruggs is the guy at 15, I will not shed any tears. But like Chad said, uh, it's going to come down to, it's like we've been saying all along, how the board breaks down for the Broncos at 15. If there's uh, Simmons on the board, if Okuda's on the board by any chance, the Broncos will probably go with him. But if a wide receiver is there, they don't. they obviously need one. They don't want a defensive guy. He would be the pick. And you know what? That is the biggest offseason priority as far as I'm concerned, a wide receiver too for Drew Locke. I would not cry about that. Nor would I. Last one here, guys, and then uh, we got to get going. Mark says, this is Drew's fifth or sixth offensive coordinator in as many years. At some point, will it affect Locke? Can't be easy learning from scratch every year. RIP Kobe, Gigi, and the other yeah. souls from earlier today. Well said. Um, you know, I think that's one of his strengths, to be honest with you, Zach, and one of the reasons the Broncos were drawn to him is he's like a military brat that's constantly having to be moved around and make new friends once a year and go into these different places. And what that does is it makes you extremely sharp. It hones specific skills. And Drew Locke having to go through so many different new systems over the last five, six seasons for him, what that's developed for him, Zach, is a an aptitude to learning and absorbing things quickly yes. on a, on a, on a you know, mental level so that it comes out quickly physically in the wash when he's out there executing it on the field. So I'm not too worried about that, to be honest with you. I actually think it's an advantage, Chad, that most other incoming young quarterbacks in the NFL don't have. It's actually an, an asset to Drew Locke to be able to go through that much change and learn that many systems. And I believe the Broncos would not have made this move if he didn't have that experience going through and changing systems. So it's it's definitely a boon to his development. It's not going to hinder him. It can actually make him a better quarterback. All right, guys. And Terry jumps in. $2 donation on Thank the you, way Terry. out. Hashtag football priests. Thank you for the absolution. Always. You got it. You got it, brother. But, guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Again, we kind of open to a really somber spirit, if you will, after the tragic news of Kobe Bryant, his yeah. his daughter Gigi, and the other seven souls who lost their life in that helicopter crash. Our heart, our uh, thoughts, our heart, you know, our prayers go out to them. And, uh, you know, again, it, he, it, it was a tragedy. And it, sometimes, just like right now, as you can tell, it leaves you speechless. There's no words to describe what happened, Chad. I'm still, I'm, a lot of people are still in shock about this. I'm, I'm stunned. I, I don't believe it's real and you just have to come to terms with it. And, and like any process in grieving, it, it's, it takes a, a little while to, for it to process. So it's sad. It's awful. We got to just, you know, send our thoughts and prayers to everyone involved. All right, guys, that's got to do it for today. A couple quick reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Take some time if you haven't done it. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a creative review on the show. Great organic way to support the uh, the podcast. And then right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to put into the comment stream here the link to the merch store. You can go check out the shirt that's up and the hoodie. 
a lot more products are going to be coming out on that yes. in the coming days. And again, guys, this is something we're actually hiring someone that's going to partner up with us on this that can just kind of manage it because we just don't have time to to do it. But we know the demand is there. You guys want the opportunity to rep the podcast and to rep Mile High Huddle, and we appreciate that. So we're taking it seriously. We got the we got the store up, and now we're going to dedicate a specific guy to to run it and operate it for you guys. And it's going to be awesome in the next couple of weeks. It's going to look completely different than it does now, but at least for now, you guys, uh, there's a couple of, uh, a couple of products there. You can eyeball and see if it works for you, but make sure you're following my partner on Twitter at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen and stay tuned. We'll be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 6 PM mountain, 8 PM Eastern. And we'll see what Monday has to offer your Denver Broncos by way of news and storylines. But until then, Zach, my brother, have a good night. Have a good night, Chad. Big thanks to all of our Super Chat superstars and each and every one of you that took the time to listen and and view this live and participate in the conversation. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.